This is an irreverent podcast. Check out irreverent.fm for shows from all our friends. Hello and welcome to Exvangelical, a show exploring the world inside and outside the evangelical subculture. I'm your host, Blake Chastain. It's been a minute since I've posted an episode, and um, it's been a challenging month or two in other spheres of my life. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit and share just a little bit. But before I get into some of that, I thought I would read a little bit from a essay that I wrote for the Post-Evangelical Post, which is my newsletter publication uh, back last fall called On Public and Private Griefs. This week has been a difficult one for my family. We had to say goodbye to our dog, whose health had been failing for months. His name was Dumas. He was a black lab mix, and he was my shadow. He would follow me from room to room, and if he could help it, he would never leave my side. He never knew his size. He was a big dog who thought he was a lab dog. He loved ice cubes. He loved pets. If you were working on the couch with a laptop, he would nudge your arm up off the keyboard, demanding attention. Our walks weren't so much walks as guided smelling tours. As he got older, he slowed down. He was less interested in walks. He lost a lot of strength and bodily control. But he never lost his sweet, gentle nature. Knowing that this day would be coming did not make it any easier. We grieved the loss of his presence in our life and in our home. Grief forces you into introspection. The shock of death deepens the senses. Light feels more intense, the vibrancy of living things trees and plant life, of animals, of the busyness of the world, is juxtaposed by the stillness and finality of death. Grief is a part of life. It is love persevering. Part of grief is sharing the stories and anecdotes about our life with the departed. This public grief is part of the process. By sharing it, either widely or on a smaller, intimate scale, we honor them and acknowledge to the world that we are hurt and tender. Even so, there are private griefs we hold closer to our hearts, the things we do not share, and those guarded griefs are ways we honor ourselves and set boundaries with the world. Those private griefs shape us. They may stem from the death of a loved one, the death of a relationship, the death of a point of view, the death of a community, the grief of unanswered prayers, the loss of trust. These are our deepest wounds, and how we see to their healing is up to us to determine. Which makes me all the more compassionate for people that share their grief with the world, and for those who are not given a choice in the matter. For communities that experience violence and death, their loss becomes a new story. Some elect to use their grief to contribute to a larger conversation or to lead the conversation in a new direction, while others wish for privacy. When someone shares their grief with you or the broader public, they're trusting you with their vulnerability. In the throes of it, we know precisely the sting and victory of death, and Paul's words are no consolation. Some griefs are sacred and secret. If a person shares a seemingly small, in quotes, sliver of grief with you. 
there are likely many more moments that have gone unsaid. There is so much grief in the world. I hope there's enough compassion, too. That was something that I wrote after uh, our dog passed away last fall. Uh, And the last month or two has been um, another period of sort of private grief or private uh, period of tumult, I guess. And as as my my family has been dealing with a health crisis and a number of other things simultaneously. And the thing that has suffered, so to speak, um, has been this show, the show that I do, I try to publish once a week. Um, but you can even see in the feed yourself, I've only been able to publish maybe one or two episodes in the last two months. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I, that, that does weigh on me. Um, but, uh, as I've tried to also be honest in the past, much of this show has, and it's, it's continued life has been a labor of love while I've had, while I do receive support via Patreon and Substack and places like that. And I do run ads on these shows now as so I am creating revenue. I am still right now losing money because my costs have increased as I've tried to increase the quality of the show, uh, different products that I have to subscribe to or purchase to do so. Um, the cost of hosting for my show as well as for other shows in the uh, IMG network. All of these things have have contributed to this not being a profitable endeavor, but remains a meaningful one, and that's why I continue to develop it. But there are these times when I have to take some time off. Unfortunately, despite my efforts to stick to schedules, often things like things in my personal life or things with my day job, I, I maintain uh, a full-time job that sometimes requires more than 40 hours a week. Uh, that means that I can't be as quick to publish as I, as I once was. And right now I can't afford a, another producer. So editing and things like that means I, I can't offload that. And so I do want to acknowledge that this feed is languishing a little bit, but I have some some great interviews and things planned. It's just a matter of of having the capacity to do the research, read the books, interview the authors, edit the podcast, publish it. Um, that is, that's just more difficult than, than I'd like it to be. Um, and there's something that I want to write and talk about, uh, that I'm not sure how to do that doesn't sound self-serving or, or pitying. Um, which is that, that there's this difficult, this thing that I found difficult, um, in a sort of post-church part of my life. Uh, We relocated during the pandemic, and we had been attending a church for a few years. And the nice thing about church 
if you are in a place that is accepting and affirming of and accepts you for who you are, is that that can be a very strong local community. Having relocated during the pandemic and taking things like social distancing and, and all of that seriously, we haven't really made local connections in our new community. And I'm realizing more and more the, the way in which I um, don't know how to ask for help outside of those avenues. I don't know how to do it online. I don't know how to to um, to, to do it in a way that that uh, that is heard or, or received. Um, and like, in as much as I w- would like to ask for your support for this show, uh, you know, subscribe for five dollars a month to the Post Evangelical Post and and get uh, ad free podcast feeds and some other things. Um, well. I mean, I can't produce those things right now, uh, so that doesn't really make sense. I'm sort of in the midst of these difficult things that are hard to articulate that don't belong in the public eye, um, because I, and, and as much as I like making things for the public to discuss, I also like having boundaries. So. I know this is an odd episode to to publish. I've got some things planned, but they're just not ready. They're not edited. They're not ready to be made public. So um, I hope you enjoyed at least the the part of what I was able to share, which is this short essay and a little bit of an update. You can keep up with me on Substack at postevangelicalpost.com. They just released a Twitter clone type thing. So if you're in that ecosystem, you can follow me there sometimes. I hope you'll stick around, and I hope you'll hear from me soon. So, this is Blake signing off.